Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church, by the local church. My name is Josh Lomfus, and I'm here with my brother from another mother, flannel wearing, dad shoe wearing, Jerry Seinfeld dad looking hat like. wearing, <laughs> Jack Berry. Jack, happy Reformation Month, buddy. Josh, you have a ginormous looking cigar right now that you're smoking, that you are reveling in this episode. You are just in your element right now. You're like, I'm going to take full advantage of Soli Deo Gloria with this huge cigar. Do you feel insecure? <laughs> I don't. I don't. You just... You just go big or go home. Uh, what is it? The Pink Floyd song, uh, Have a Cigar, is just playing through my <laughs> mind right now. Just that melody right now. You are just embodying that song. So Hey, and all Good you on do, you, sir. whether you eat or drink or smoke cigars, <laughs> do all for the glory of God. We covered that last week. Weren't you listening? You are definitely the character of a particular Baptist, my friend. <laughs> you say that like a, like that's a bad thing. You say that like I'm supposed to be ashamed of that somehow. No, I ain't ashamed. Uh, Newsboys taught me that. I'm not ashamed. Uh, you that one one six click. Uh, <laughs> I can't make these jokes with you because you don't get them. Like, uh, I do. I somebody d- out there got it. I do understand what you're saying in okay. retrospect. So. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Jack, my man. It's a good month. It's brisk outside. It's dark, it's rainy, it's how I like it. Yeah, it's very northwest. It's it super very, northwest, dude. The leaves are changing and falling. I have a, I, I think I have two chestnut trees. I think they're chestnut trees, like right outside my house. The leaves are falling, the, what I call them, buckeyes. Buckeyes. You know, the, the, spi- the spiky. Do you collect them at I've, Christmas and roast them over an open fire? I don't. The squirrels are While now. Jack Frost uh, nips at your nose? <laughs> The the squirrels are now taking them and uh, using our uh, de facto now defunct uh, gardening Garden beds. beds. Yeah, yeah. And they're like they're leaving the shells and shells. Everything. They're and just I'm leaving like, the you bums. <laughs> just taking our chestnuts and just and leaving, leaving the remnants in there. You jerks. That's what a pellet gun's for. You yeah. gotta get yourself a good pellet gun. 
take care of them squirrels real quick. I don't know what I would do. I'm not making squirrel. I'm not putting. The, I'm not. I'm not boiling those jokers down and making them into I, meat. I've I've tried squirrel. <laughs> and how did that taste? It wasn't horrible. Okay. Like you have to get yourself in a certain mindset. You have to get into like the <laughs> the bear girls mindset where you're like, if I don't get sustenance right the now, hobo mindset. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of crossover, yeah. <laughs> Drinking your own pee and oh, like things like that. Oh, yeah, there's, Mercy. Th- there's a lot of crossover. Uh, no, it wasn't good. It wasn't great. It, it was. You'd have to. Let's put it this way. You'd have to use a lot of barbecue sauce, oh. so that basically all you tasted was barbecue sauce. And then, and then you could, and then you could, you could manage it. Yeah, mm. it's yeah. that bad. It's it's, that it bad. wasn't great. It's yeah. super gamey and yeah. didn't didn't taste good. Now here's the thing: like if I was starving, like it would be delicious. Yeah. Like yes, I would eat it, but I can buy steak. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, so I can buy meat. At I the don't store. have to That's eat better. it better yet. Yes. Although with the way country's going, you never know. <laughs> we might all be eating squirrel here Split in a little bit. Into the districts and next Soup thing you know, like, dude, yeah, districts. Yeah, <laughs> eating squirrel and shooting the king's deer in uh, Sherwood Forest. Yeah, that's right, hundred percent. Oh man, Jack, what do you like? What's going on these days, man? What are you into? Like, like, what's bringing you joy right now, man? Who? What is bringing me joy? I mean, that's aside from the obvious, is being here with me, <laughs> right? That's I mean, I mean, we, we can we can say that's a given, right? Yeah. You're, hesi- you're hesitating. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to hesitate. You know what? I, this was a stupid question. <laughs> I don't know why I asked this question. I mean, you know what is bringing me joy? Uh, in it, right before my wife and I go to bed, as of probably like the last month and a half, we've been making Hold on. it. Am I gonna want to hear this? It's good. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's kids. It's okay. kids approved. Keep it. Keep it's it a kid PG. show. It's a kid show. It's a kid show. Um, we will read. My wife has some back issues, so she'll do some stretches, and we'll listen to. She does like this thing where she lays on her back, and it, it, our their chiropractor has basically told her to do this. But in any case, I read a book while she's doing that, and she's kind of doing the stretches and everything like that. Okay. And then we pray, and then we read some more books, and then we read some scripture as well too. Why are you laughing? This I'm is not, bringing me joy, no, man. I know. I you know, asked not, the question. I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm good. It's all good. We're, we're we're good, man. It's all good. I'm glad that's bringing you joy. That's fantastic. Are you going through any like particular book right now? We are going through a book. Uh, it's the For You series. Uh, so it usually has a, a Bible or an epistle. Like if we're going through Ephesians for you right now through the Good Book Company. So it's basically a commentary on Ephesians. So you read that. You read Ephesians, read that. I will recommend this. There's two books that we're also reading. One of them is called The Fourth Turning. Really good book on generations of the United States. That's like scary accurate. Um, from guys who are not really sociologists. One guy is a businessman uh, who has some who's dabbled in sociology, but he coined the term millennial. And then another. Uh, so book. he's the one we have to blame. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Neil Howe is his name. So you can blame Neil Howe for millennial, Howe. the term millennial. Um, and then the other book is called uh, "Live No Lies" by John Mark Comer that we're reading through. Goes over. Uh, the enemies of our soul, the devil, the flesh, and the world. Oh, very interesting take. Uh, he has a very kind of modern or uh, pre-modern kind of ancient way of looking back to these things and bringing it to the now. John Mark Homer is not within our camp, but I appreciate his voice because he's in the Northwest okay. and 
he has some very good uh, theological, philosophical stuff that he dives into that's really kind of, ooh, that kind of spurs my thoughts. All right. So. All right. So caveated recommendations. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Anyway. I'm happy. I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy that you have joy. I feel like I need to really, really enunciate that well. I'm Try- happy for you. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the one phrase. It's I think it's from Pulp Fiction. We was like, we good here? We happy? Yeah, we happy. Oh, we happy. Oh, <laughs> there we, we happy. go. <laughs> yeah. Where John, uh, oh, John Travolta happy. opens up the case oh, with Samuel Jackson's do. character. Anyway. Something that's making me super happy is that it's Reformation Shang-Chi. <laughs> Shang-Chi. So we saw Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a review of it. Mm. Might as well just give it real, real quick. Wasn't my favorite Marvel film. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah, um, I thought some of the character interactions were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Wong being in it, yeah, it hilarious. I loved it. I love Wong. Wong's one of my favorite Marvel characters. I yep. think he's fantastic. Yeah, um, the villain slash not really a villain like the the father in it, yeah. Shang Chi's father. I thought he was fantastic. That he did a great job. Um, overall, I thought it was fine. Three the, out of four, the, or three out of five. I'd give three it a two. I'd give it a. I'd give it a two and a half. Ooh. Two and a half, three out of five. And here's mm. why. Here's why. I have I have kind of two two main critiques. One, it was a CGI vomit. Ooh, yeah. There was so much CGI in there. Uh, I so I saw it. I saw it with Lauren. Yeah. And we both kind of said the same thing Spoiler afterward. Lauren yeah. is Josh's wife. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I've mentioned <laughs> that before, but yes, it's not some random one. <laughs> Lauren is my wife. I don't go to movies with just random women. Yeah. It's just I don't I don't ma- you know, you know what? Sue me. I don't make a practice of it, okay? All right. Call me Billy Graham, call me whatever you want. I'm not going to a theater with another woman. Um it was su- like we felt like after coming out of it, it was like watching The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm, it was so much CGI. Yeah. So that was kind of distracting to me. Is is we is it is I mean, obviously it's a Marvel film. It was it was good CGI. Yeah. But it's but like how they were utilizing it, I thought was a little bit over. Was a little bit over over bit mm. uh, for me. The second, and I would think the 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 thing that really the thing that really makes it a two and a half to three for me out of five. It was, I think, one of the most formulaic Marvel films to date. Hmm. I called what was going to happen before it even happened. And it is a formulaic h- hero story. So what you're saying like, is you're the John Madden of Marvel, of understanding Marvel movies. <laughs> over there. And came over here and he's got mud on his jersey. And then boom, he's a hero. Right? Um, the whole, like... Him like training, and then like his dad being the villain, and then sacrificing himself, and just it, it was it was very it was very formulaic for me, yeah. and and that kind of turned me off to it a little bit. Okay, is because I think out of out of something Marvel has really done well with throughout pretty much all their phases is their origin stories for their heroes have been excellent. Yeah, Spider Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. Not wasn't the biggest fan of Captain Marvel, but. But f- for the most part, their their origin stories for their heroes have been great. Yeah, this one just it it fell kind of flat to me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
I thought the music was good. I thought there were some really cool elements. Like, I felt like at the end of the day, it was almost three movies crammed into one. I would have loved an entire movie set in, like, that underground fight club. Mm. Spoiler alert for those that haven't seen Sung Chi. But, like, that that whole thing that his, like, sister's running. Yeah. I, I would have loved the whole movie to kind of take place there. Um, but, yeah, it ended up... And then it felt like a huge BMW commercial. <laughs> like... That's what I put out on Twitter, is Shang-Chi is just a long BMW commercial. Because that montage of them driving in the BMW through, like, all of the landscapes and, like, the the trees and the forest and the rivers, (laughs) I'm like, this is a BMW commercial. (laughs) So, overall, I'll be generous, like, 2.8, 2.8 out of 5 for me, personally. And I like Marvel movies. So, that's just me. That's just me. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Oh, well, you should have told me. I just seeing, spoiled the entire seeing, thing for Well, you. we are seeing James Bond next Sunday, so I'll tell you how that goes. 007. License to kill. The last of the Daniel Craig Daniel films. Craig. You know, I have not seen a single James Bond film. Wow. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that I have. Yeah. Who's the best James Bond? Because everyone hails Sean Connery as the OG yeah, James Bond. I don't know where you fall on this. I would say I would say Sean Connery and even Daniel Craig are probably my two right now. So Okay. All right. I don't know. Roger Moore his is kinda more like I don't know. His 007 was kinda like he's just showing up to the party and hanging out. You know what I wanna see? <laughs> Dune. Oh yeah. Dune looks amazing. Oh yeah. And this is coming from someone who doesn't know anything about Dune. Apparently it's like a really popular oh, yeah. b- uh, book series. Yep. I heard someone say Dune is Star Wars for intellectuals is what I heard. Um, oh yeah. And the trailers, the cast is amazing. The trailers look amazing. Denny uh, Denny Villeneuve is I, directing yeah. it. Yeah. I want to, like, the trailer sold me. I, yes, I, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know anything about it though. So... It's uh yeah, it's supposed to there's a lot of hype over that movie. It has. So. But Jack, you know what doesn't get enough hype in Reformation our- month? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Reformation month does not get enough hype. It deserves hype, son. Uh but even even more so. Creeds and Confessions. Oh, yeah. So, if you've been following our series through October, Reformation month, uh, we are talking about just kind of all things Reformation. So we talked about the need for the Reformation, the things that that necessitated the Reformation to happen. Uh, we talked about uh, the five solas of the Reformation, right? Just kind of the core tenets, the core theological tenets of it. Yeah. And now we want to we want to branch out a little bit, and still still under the theme of Reformation, Reform theology, things like that. We want to talk about creeds and confessions, why yeah. we love them. Yes. So Jack and I are both huge proponents of creeds and confessions. We're both uh, 1689 uh, confessing Reformed Baptist. 1689 is the confession that we adhere to, that we claim as our own. Or does the confession claim you? <laughs> which, which is it? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure either. Do you choose the confession or the confession choose you? No. I would say the other way. Uh, yeah, She's on the other foot on that one. 100%. Guess, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about today why we appreciate creeds and confessions. Uh, we're gonna read maybe some ex- uh, some excerpts. I've got mm-hmm. some from a confession or from a uh, a catechism that I really like. Yeah. Did I say creeds? I meant catechisms. 
catechisms, creeds, creeds yeah, confessions. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Same there boat. you go. There you go. I meant I meant catechisms, but creeds are great too. We 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 love creeds, but specifically catechisms and confessions is what we're going to focus on today. So Jack, I want to throw it over to you first. Um, catechisms and confessions, man. Why do you like them? And like, why are they important? Hmm. Yeah, I I do like a lot of catechisms and confessions mainly because they give you some more structure. Uh, they give you some guardrails, some theological guardrails to help you out in your faith. Um, even going into the creeds, I mean, early catechisms and creeds were something that were very important, uh, kind of in that early church, kind of the first, you know, from the first to the fourth, even fifth centuries leading up. You had that's how mainly people came to faith is through catechism, which is a very I don't know if you know this, but it's a very lengthy process. It took about three years. You had to dedicate yourself to the local church. Yep. Wink wink. Uh our podcast. Um <laughs> and then under that local church, your elders and your pastors would really lead you into this process of what it means to be a Christian. Um, so really that's kind of what you do within a catechism, a creed and a confession really. And, you know, I would say that our modern, the reformation era, uh, confessions of faith, uh, have really helped out in nailing down a lot of our thoughts towards who God is within a, a text that we can look to that also has backing of scripture. So what a lot of confessions do, mind you. They're not just written by a bunch of guys and taking out of the context of Scripture. They'll actually back up what they're saying with Scripture in the footnotes of that confession. And so um, I'm just going to name off some Reformation-era ones, but you have the three forms of unity that are Dutch Reformed brethren-like, which is the Belgic solid Belgic Confession, the Heidelberg, and then the uh, the Dork, uh, Dortrek the Council of Dort, the Canons of Dort. Canons of Dort, yep. Excuse me. Uh, so you have those. You have the 39 Articles of Faith and the Anglican Church. Um, you also have uh, some other confessions along those lines as well. Obviously, yep. what we would subscribe to, which I would say, if you're looking through a more thorough historical, particular, proper Baptist confessions, uh, you have the first Baptist Confession of Faith, which was 1644, mind you. Correct. That's yep. rivaling the 1646 Westminster, sir. Yep. Um, yep. Then you have the 1678, which is kind of that second uh, version, which we revised. Now, revised <laughs> revised version, version, yeah. <laughs> and then you have the 1689. But you also have a lot of those confessions, too, of the particular Baptists of England. Uh, you have Hercules Collins, who's my favorite particular Baptist, who wrote uh, what's called the Orthodox uh, catechism, I do believe, Orthodox catechism or confession, super good. Um, but really, they're they're guardrails. They help us out in our faith. They help us to articulate how to uh, really speak about what it is that we believe, and guide us towards other people who are interested or need more information about what we believe as Christians. So, yeah, it's it's important to stay right off the, state right off the bat that catechisms and confessions. Are not, um, they are not inerrant. Yeah. Although yeah. the truths that they describe and and explain in detail are inerrant. Yes, because it's the truths of Scripture, right? Yes. So, 
to put it in layman's terms that that make it easier for me to understand churches have you know, well most churches have a statement of faith right mm-hmm. and it's usually a, a further explained out uh, uh, document yeah. of core Christian truths right um, you can think of the 1689 confession as kind of the OG statement of faith if mm-hmm. you will for Reformed Baptists Right, yeah. in that it speaks about the truths of Scripture, and it goes through tons of them, right? Yeah. Um, and it further explains out in greater detail what those truths of Scripture mean mm-hmm. and how they apply to our lives specifically, right? So it explains them in greater detail, and then it gives us kind of the application. Now, this is what it means, right? This is how it's practically lived out, right? And that's again, it's not inerrant. Like the people that put the 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 confessions together, they were not under the the um, the influence of the Holy Spirit as those that wrote Scripture, right? But they are a very helpful tool, very beneficial tool to be able to go back to when we have questions like church polity or to say or, or or how to view certain things, how to interpret different passages of Scripture. It's really important. And beneficial to have a historical agreed upon document that's that has been the standard to use for years and years and years and years that is proven true. It's so beneficial to have that to be able to go back to mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is what that scripture means, yeah, right, and this is how it practically it uh, practi- practically applies to our life, right? Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's that's what that's what confessions are for. And super beneficial. Um, some people can take it too far, um, yes. <laughs> and there are there are individuals and in some organizations that shall remain remain nameless, like, Vol- <laughs> like Mike Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hold the confession, their specific confession, whether it's the Westminster, or the sixteen eighty nine, they hold it to the level of scripture. Yeah. Um, that if you disagree with a confession on something, then you are labeled a heretic, and 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 they hold it to the same level of authority that scripture is. Yeah, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just plain and simple. That's wrong. We should not do that, right? But what we are saying is that there is great benefit to not only personally, but also as a local church, adhere to a historic confession, because yeah. you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like just, just, just from a practical sense, someone's already done this, and it's yeah. actually super beneficial, right? Yep. Yeah. Not only that, but just um, at your baseline, y'all should know the Apostles' Creed. Like, let's be honest about. Oh this. yeah, sure. I would I say mean, bare minimum. Like yeah. that's that's like entry level, level one. Yeah. Apostles' Creed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point, and then I would say. Um, you know, looking at the Nicene Constantinopolian creed, if you will, I think if you want to get into the weeds of Trinitarianism, you look at the Athanasian creed that came from Athanasius uh, after kind of Council of Nicaea time frame. Um, but then those Reformation era confessions were really kind of harping upon how, and this goes back to even our previous episodes of Reformation Era Month, of like, how do we, and this may be going, this may be previewing what we're going to talk about next episode, but how is it that the local church knows 
scripture and can live it out. And so how can we articulate that in a confession that helps our lay people to bridge the gap to where pre-Reformation era was really failing and not doing, right? So I think that's what confessions really do is to bridge that gap between quote-unquote official theology and the lay the lay person and the lay life. So, yeah. 100%. So, like we said, like we, we prefer the 1689 because it's a Reformed Baptist uh, confession. That's, that's theologically, doctrinally where Jack and I line up. Um, it's, it's, I will say it's big brother is the Westminster. And those for our, are for our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, which we love dearly. Um, is it's basically, <laughs> and I, I, people hate it when I say this, but it's true. The 1689 <laughs> is the Westminster without pedo baptism. <laughs> so it's the Westminster without the pedo baptism. That's, that's what it is. Um, and both are fantastic. Yeah. Both both are worth reading. Both are worth studying. Both are worth uh, looking into and and and, and applying. Um, uh, we we are very big proponents of again both personally and local churches adopting confessions as their statements of faith, right? Um, yeah. Because it's really especially with the way that our culture is going, where it and again kind of preview to uh, to next week. We are in need of a reformation today. And the more our culture and our uh, kind of the broader evangelical church moves away from sola scriptura, the more historical, reformed, confessional churches are needed. Yeah. Because it is a returning to the, the truths, the deep, the deep truths of scripture. Right, and that's yeah. something that confessionalism brings out. It's 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 truly wonderful. Yeah, I think a, a good thing. One of my pastors actually talked to me about this. He asked, um, "I truly think that a reason why you see a lot of quote unquote deconstructionism happening is because the local churches that have certain people that question certain things and then take it to this." kind of formation so to say or even this process of deconstruction which depends on how you look at it and how you go about it but when people do not see their faith as a historical one or if they cut short of a certain period i think what we're in right now what we're talking about is important because we're looking at our forefathers that were taking the original sources and the original material that was crafted by the early and ancient church and they were making it in a time where they needed it the most, where they needed to go back to it, where they needed to be saturated in that and also to push forward those truths to that to those generations until somebody else took the reins of that as well too. So I think that if you root yourself in a historical kind of confessional Christianity, you will see that what is said in the ancient is repeated in the Reformation era as well as bringing forth into the modern to help us in our day-to-day. And I think a lot of people don't take that into account, and a lot of people don't look at the Reformers as men who are trying to look back and say, these are how these men, these saints of old, really helped us in our faith to come forward with stuff that they were contributing 
uh, whether that be, like I said, Athanasius, whether it, that is um, some of my favorite people called the Cap Daddies, the Cappadocians, if you will. <laughs> the Cap Daddies. <laughs> the Cap Daddies. Dude, what uh, a name. Dude, we need to get that. Like, that's like a tattoo. Ba- the Cap Daddies. Ba- uh, Basil, Gregory of Nicaea, Gregory Nanzianzen. Um, you know, nerding out again. I love yeah, I know. it. I love so it. I love it. Wh- they came from the kind of Turkish area of Cappadocia. So, I mean, those guys, what the reformers were really doing is looking back to them, looking back to those forefathers, bringing it to their context, showing how the confessions really bolster our faith, really take, this is not something new. This is something right. that we have confessed over old. centuries, yes. over it has and roots. over and over again. If we are to be people that says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we need to show that in our faith, and not only show that in our faith, but show it in how we confess our faith too. And so, I don't want to drop truth man. bombs here, but man, you went you went off. I love it. <sighs> Cosine. Like I got <laughs> nothing else, dude. That was fantastic. All right, dude. Let's talk about catechisms real fast. Yes. Um, I love catechisms. I'm a huge proponent of catechisms. I am so thankful to the Lord that my parents, when I was very young, uh, catechized me, uh-huh. right? Um, because those truths, right? And and we went through the Westminster Shorter. Mm, okay. um, I need to make sure I say that. Minster. Minster. Westminster. Westminster. It's, it's not Westminster, which I have been <laughs> called out before. <laughs> Westminster. Uh I went through the Westminster Shorter. Fantastic catechism, especially for kids. Um, But I can't tell you how many times those memories came, come back to me. Mm. Like even, even the first one, what is man's primary purpose Mm. to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's catechism one, right? Fantastic. And, and catechisms are great resources to use. It's almost like a, Almost a call and response, a question and answer. Uh, who is God? Uh, yeah. You know, what is sin? What is man? How does salvation occur? Things like that. That 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 again are rooted in that historical theology that we're talking about. Um, catechisms are great. They're they're fantastic, and I encourage everyone to study them, to make them part of your life, make them part of your church, teach them to your kids, because those truths. So those simple questions, yet so profound, yeah. come back <laughs> when you need them the most. Yeah, and right? I think yeah, I think that what you're saying too, it goes back to how our faith is a historical one, is a family one, is kind of this generation passes down to generation this knowledge of God, right through through the confessions, but also having the confessions also kind of simplify scripture as well too because that's what they're based upon um so what's I think, your favorite catechism oh you know the, the og mr keach benjamin keach you're, you're going keach I'm going you're Keech's going og catechism. keach catechism that's the 1689 catechism right there yeah yeah they, yeah they go hand in hand but i mean fantastic you got luther's catechism um you got some other catechisms uh throughout church history as well too but so anybody that follows our Instagram is going to see that uh, every Lord's Day for a few weeks now, we've been posting um, the Heidelberg Catechisms. Mm-hmm. Something I love. I think the Heidelberg the Heidelberg is up there for me. It is Pato. However, going against the grain, I am. You live they, dangerously, dude. Sir. I you know I like being a contrarian. 
I like I like being an edgy reform Baptist. And by edgy, I mean I I I I love my Presby my my Presby so much. But the Heidelberg is one of my favorites. And what's cool about the Heidelberg is it's split up into 52 Lord's Days. Yeah. So every Lord's Day, you're reading through the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh-huh. And I want to read you and our, our listeners one of my favorite out of the Heidelberg. It's oh, actually yeah. the Heidelberg 1, Lord's yes, Day sir. 1. Right? Uh, the question is this. What is your only comfort in life mm. and in death? And this is the answer. That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him. Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Mm. Ain't nobody talking like that these days. Like butter. My goodness. (laughs) People, do yourself a favor. And get yourself some catechisms. <laughs> uh, the Heidelberg, pick up the Heidelberg. You can find it online. It's free. Get the Heidelberg. Get the 1689. Le- read the three forms of unity. Get the Westminster. Mm-hmm. The truths, the glorious truths that can be found in those that are rooted back n- not only to the Reformation, but the truths of the early church, mm-hmm. scripture, right, are incredible. Yeah. And. Man, like, I, I love me some Heidelberg. I love me some 1689. Catechisms and confessions to me are a vital tool for Christians and churches to utilize, especially in the culture that we live in today. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, Some of that stuff also will be uh, talked about in our next episode as it well, is. too, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So. sadly, the, the last episode of Reformation Month. Yeah. I always get a little down. Like, when, oh. like, like, you know when we go to conferences, you get, like, that conference high, and then you leave, and it's kind of the conference low. Then it's kind of <laughs> like, oh, I miss, I miss that. That's, that's me at the beginning of November, is, like, Reformation <laughs> Month is over, and it's like, oh... I got to wait a year again for to do all this. But psych, no, you don't. I'm going to keep posting RC Sproul videos. Psych Advent. Psych Advent, son. You know it. Uh, dude, Advent is amazing with catechisms and confession. Oh, my goodness, dude. Like the the liturgy that you can get out of those things for oh, yeah. your Advent series. Yeah. Oh, man. Goosebumps, yes, sir. dude. Yes, sir. Solid stuff. So we love catechisms. We love creeds. We love confessions. We don't see them as authoritative, but we see them as wonderful tools. Yeah, we also see them as kind of um, summaries of what Scripture is giving us. Yes. So I think that those summaries help out to the believer, and they're worded in a way, especially if you read uh, the early uh, creeds, like the Nicene-Constantinopolian creeds, really beautifully put this kind of transcendence of who God is at the forefront of it. And so really, um, 
expound and exhort you all to uh, to check out creeds, confessions, catechisms. Look into these things. Make sure you're rooting yourself in a historic faith because our faith is a historic one. Yes, it is. And it, it shows us our forefathers who have uh, come before us uh, to bring our faith into the modern, and it gives us that. I don't. It gives us hope back in Jesus. I think so. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Love it. Oh, this was this was this was fun, man. I wish I wish every month could be Reformation Month because <laughs> this is fun. This is good. Josh stuff. is really getting this buzz off. Of I am, dude. <laughs> hey, come on, man. It's the simple things. It's the simple things. Jack, get us out of here, man. Well, friends, if you appreciate appreciate our uh, our conversations, our discussions, and our getting kind of all goosebumpy and uh, lovey-dovey over creeds, confessions, and catechisms, you can explore more on our sociables uh, pages, the Instagram. Heidelberg uh, every Sunday. <laughs> hopefully that is not down in in lieu of the Facebook being down for 24 hours. You're um, still talking about I'm that. I'm still talking. It, like it was like a monumental thing for you. It's going to happen again. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then also, if the tweaker is not tweaking, uh, you can find us on let's the, be, let's the be honest, Twitter. The tweaker is always tweaking. But well, it's the people on the, on the tweaker that are tweaking. It's the tweakers that are tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's tweaking a tongue twister. Um you can find us all at uh, on those pages at our tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can possibly support us more in this endeavor. Well, Jack, we love creeds, we love confessions, we love Patreon because it. it, it now you know I'm going to stop that right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you appreciate Jack and I's attempts and our focus in this podcast to increase the centrality of the local church in the life of believers. We would ask if you are able to join us on Patreon. Uh, you get uh, the episodes before everyone else. You get exclusive uh, uh, rights to early content when we release videos and stuff like that. Um, depending on the level that you choose, you can get a book, you can get a shirt, you can get some reformatory swag. Um, you can head on over there to Patreon and uh, support us that way. Uh, and your name, if you choose to do so, shall be hallowed. 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 Through the halls of this podcast. Uh, we would appreciate it if you're especially if you're on iphone just scroll down scroll down a little bit give us them five stars five stars for five solos five people. stars for five solos man for reformation month give us a reformation month review we would appreciate it greatly we thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory mm-hmm.